This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, Charlie, good morning. And good morning to you, you bushy, wild-looking <laughs> logger. Uh, Fuzzy-faced Frank. Came out of the woods yeah, kind of guy. Right. <laughs> but you know something? Uh, I want to thank you. Um, I can't name everybody individually. No, but gosh. A whole bunch of listeners got behind my campaign for Movember, which is to raise money for men's health many, many areas. But mm-hmm. anyway, I'm over... My uh, goal, 3,101. Wow. Well yeah. done, Frankie. But, you know, I'm going to hold it there uh, as far as on the air sort of mentions because uh, we have a fabulous campaign that we do every year mm-hmm. for the Scott Mission. Our 12th annual Holiday Hope Fund gets underway on Monday. Okay. So I don't want to detract anything from that. But can I just quickly say a big Thank you to Eric Shu, who is the guy who runs the office at Movember, and he's been most helpful oh. getting my picture up, changing it, and Aww. getting helping me with some. I get lost in some of the technical <laughs> stuff, but really? he straightens me out. <laughs> so, Eric, I promised him a shout out. There's your shout out. A star is born. <laughs> anyway, here we good, are good for stuff. the Garden Show. We are indeed, and uh, let me give out the phone numbers here. Good idea. Okay, because we are we've got one person online. We need more. We'll see. Okay. Uh, in anywhere in Ontario, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. If you're in the Toronto area, four one six three six zero zero seven forty. And uh, if you oh one question per call, call early, uh, call early, call often, right? And if you happen to be a first time caller, let Carlos, our operator, know. That's what Yeehaw, you're going to hear you for your, your first time. You get your garden wings, That's right? That's right. And garden wings are a handy thing. It's, it gives you an opportunity to be like a drone, right? <laughs> so you get to go up into the air and see the garden from well, above. Well, you're just a creative little devil. Well, because huh? you know what? I have this. I want to do that in my garden. Like, I need oh, garden wings. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, every time I look at it, I'm just seeing little chunks. Yeah. It's so big. I really need a drone. Well, or if, wings. if they can use drones to get drugs into the pen for the... Uh, Good point. Yeah. Should <laughs> be able to use a drone. You should be able to for the, for the garden, for God. Jake, huh? <laughs> garden wings. That's all it is. Just garden oh wings. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hey, um, yeah. uh, just want to say uh, thank you to everybody for the emails they have sent in the past. Yep. Give everybody a heads up. It is possible we are going to see a change up to our program in, in weeks to come. This might be our last face-to-face in studio. Because of the lockdown. Because yep. of the changes in, in the mm-hmm. pandemic and Toronto lockdown. So I know I will not be in the studio next week. Um, we're not sure exactly how this will all work out, right. but the Garden Show will always prevail. We'll through. Yes. We, we so will, we might, one way or the other. We might have to rely on emails as we, That's as we right. did before. So just to okay. write this down, c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. 
dot com. You've got it. And uh, get your questions ready for, for email and just to be ready because, you know, otherwise you're going to yeah. listen to Frank and I blather <laughs> on about God knows what next week if we don't have good questions. Oh, speaking of blathering on. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, you had mentioned right off the top. Hey, I want to talk about feeding birds because Maureen Boyce sent you a very nice email. And said and thank suggesting you. That. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. So thanks, Maureen. I love feedback. Yep. So, so again, you know, it doesn't have to be a question. If you're sending an email, send send some feedback. Send some, anything you want yep. just happy to hear from the listeners because sometimes it feels like it's just frank and i talking to each other in <laughs> oh, here and, yes. oh really <laughs> you know they talk about marriages breaking down like hello <laughs> okay. partnerships well, right. i gotta tell you heaven. you're the easiest person to work with i've ever worked with really that's absolutely true absolutely true <laughs> except when i tease you so badly yeah, that you start I to cry know. well and then and then i get kicked in the ankles under the table i here. know and then you get fan mail so <laughs> stop complaining <laughs> <laughs> all right we got take a break and we're coming right back we'll be saying hi uh let's see to uh irma irma in toronto hang tight we're coming back at you right here on zuma radio don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie. Let's uh, get out just around the corner here in Toronto. Say hi. Good morning to Irma. Welcome to the show, Irma. Uh, good morning. Morning. Yes, uh, good morning, uh, Charlie and, and Frank. Uh, I have a question about poinsettias, which I kept from last Christmas in, oh, yeah. in my backyard all summer. They got watered and, uh, well, pretty well. Anyways, when I was I was away most of the summer, and when I came back, uh, I found them. They were sort of semi-covered by some other plants, like I have pole beans and so on. Yeah. And they looked so healthy mm-hmm. that I could. I had. It just came to me that I would like to bring them back to. I guess you call it bloom. Yeah. When they turn into the red leaves. Yeah. So where is that poinsettia now? Um, well, there are little tinges of red in the small stems. Is is the poinsettia in your house or outside? Uh, the poinsettia is now in the house. Good. And I have them in the window during the day, and then I put them in the dark spot at night. Perfect. That's exactly what you need to do. Wow, you've answered and your do own question. do I need to uh, fertilize it? Uh, I should have done that during the summer. Exactly. How is it a fairly bushy plant? Good looking, healthy, fat? Very healthy looking plant. That's why I thought I'd do yeah. it just for a lark. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's, it's Remember, this is dark days. We're, we're not yet at the shortest day yet. So mm-hmm. plant growth is very, very slow. And that's why it's it can be a problem to fertilize when mm-hmm. the plant can't use the fertilizer. Yeah, yeah. So wait wait until March or April, something like that. But for now, what you're doing is perfect. Into the dark for the night, preferably a, a good 10-hour, 12-hour night. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, bring it yeah. back onto the windowsill, water as necessary, and it's going to be gorgeous for Christmas. But water sparingly, but keep the water. Just what, like you would normally, like you know, yeah, feel the yeah. soil uh, when it starts to yeah. feel a bit dry. Give it a bit, give it some water. Yeah, I sort of like doing those things and see what happens. Yeah, good for you. It sounds good like stuff, you're doing Irma. the right thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay, thanks for Thank joining you. us here on Thank a Saturday you. morning. I wasn't just quite wasn't quite sure if I'm doing the right thing. You yep. are. You are. Okay. You answered your own question. Oh, How about I that? Know, I love yeah. it. I love it. No, Self-administering. Get, er, well, Irma's going to get on and be our poinsettia specialist well, that, maybe for uh, the exactly. future Christmases. Also, maybe just around the corner is <laughs> Evelyn, who's on the line right now. Good morning, Evelyn. Welcome to the Good Garden morning, Show. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. And I have to thank you so much for being on air. 
I look forward to it every Saturday. Oh, it really is a highlight of my week after a long week <laughs> oh, of work. Bless your heart. Oh, good. So thank you. Um, I have actually an old birch tree, a white birch, on my front lawn uh, on a hill, which is south-facing. Mm. And you're going to laugh, but the tree's probably over 40 years it's an old birch yeah and it was it's been lovely and lots mm-hmm. of nice memories about the birch mm-hmm. uh but it is i think on its last legs in the days where we could use saigon we mm-hmm. we sort of doctored it uh along but mm-hmm. uh that's not the case now we noticed a woodpecker in it uh the other week which isn't a good sign no not at all no. likely there's something living in there some insects yeah but you know what? 40 years is a really good average for a birch. Birch are not long-lived trees. So interesting. Like I, you know, I teach students, obviously, at Durham College and then mm-hmm. and try and explain some, you know, the stages of growth in plants. And, mm-hmm. you know, when a seed germinates, it's a little seedling, and then it, it goes through a juvenile phase and reproductive phase, and then it matures, etc. And I explain to them, like, a, a redwood tree at 40 years old is still a baby, whereas a birch at 40 years old is... Uh, it's Just very old, his way out. right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's so different between the species, mm-hmm. and of course, keeping in mind that you mentioned it's on a hill facing south, so it's yeah. a it's a fairly well drained area, I would think. And birch, of course, don't want to be dry for any extensive periods of time. They they like their moisture, so that yeah. I perhaps, think in some ways it is dry because it's on a. On a hill, hot, yeah, hot spot. So, yeah. so I think you're right. I mean, you can remember you can always bring in a certified arborist to do okay. an inspection at no cost to you uh, and make recommendations. Yeah. So okay. it is possible. Who knows what the health, you know, longevity of the tree is? Even if it's another five or ten years, maybe it's worth having uh, uh, them come back and do the proper insecticidal care, deep root feeding, yeah. trimming, whatever they're going to recommend. But okay. it, that that is maybe worth doing because you'd be amazed how much value a tree adds to the price of your home and the value of your property. Oh, absolutely. And if it ever came down, there would be a lot of... uh structural work we'd have to do right so there's that and because think of that wind we had last sunday so yeah. there's that you know big winds we've been having so that that fear of it coming down but also the big hole it would leave right so yeah. you're not going to just put a, a big tree in right away so no. that's, that's what i would do in terms of getting you know, be preventative get get an expert on the property thank you and do you have a recommendation uh we've used shady tree i think uh shady lane shady lane rather. uh is good very good big co- toronto based company a uh, davy tree is a very large north american based company who i've uh, recommended in the past and they do have offices absolutely everywhere so but just make sure whoever you're calling is is a certified arborist not you know joe with a chainsaw right, right. <laughs> yeah. well thank you so much i really appreciate it <laughs> thanks for thanks joining for us calling Evan. yeah all the best to you guys thank oh, you thank you thank you so much speaking of trees i was relating a problem yes, i had tell us about oh, your latest run-in God. with well, a tree frank well this past week i started to encounter pains on the left side of my chest where i had the cancer operation mm-hmm. i'm going oh god no so it started to get worse and worse and worse so i finally yesterday went to the emerge in in uh, Newmarket, south southlake i was there for seven, let me, six hours yeah. and they gave they gave me a blood sample a blood work rather uh ekg uh and uh, cat. a cat scan and x-ray mm. All for naught. 
there couldn't was nothing figure wrong. It out. Couldn't, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I get home and I'm going, what? Why is my chest so sore? Is, oh yeah. my God. Then it dawned on me. Yes. The winds last Sunday brought down a tree right across our road through the forest. Your laneway. Yeah, it's a laneway. You're right. Your deer track. And I tried, of course, I tried my best to get the darn thing off. And I'm tugging it, and I obviously pulled some muscles. In your chest. And that's what the hell the problem was. But I couldn't believe it. I can't believe it either. Yeah, I know. What an idiot. (laughs) We think we're Superman. And then, then of course, five days later, it's like, what did I do? Yeah, I know. Oh dear. Anyway, my tail of well, There you go. But it's not a. At least it's sorted out. Yes. You you yeah. know it's a muscle thing. So you're gonna that's go exactly home. Right. You're gonna get some nice something warm, a heating pad, <laughs> right. a, something that's gonna do a little muscle relaxing. We just heard a cannabis uh, yeah. commercial here. Maybe we should get you some hey, real you chill go. out <laughs> cannabis products. And, you're, you're right. And oh, just let brother. you sleep what that a, one what off. What an idiot. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've got to take a break here. But let me remind you of the phone numbers, my friends. In uh, Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And don't forget to let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller. We're coming back to say hi to Barb in Burlington, next on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, you know, Charlie, here we are looking out at uh, Liberty Village where it's pretty cloudy. It's a gray day. Yeah. Let me bring a little sunshine for you, right? Good idea. And I'm hoping Barbara (laughs) of Burlington will supply that. Hey, good morning, Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Morning. Hello, Barbara. Hello, Charlie and Frank. There we are. Good morning. You sound sunshiny. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. I I always have a positive outlook. Good for you. Um, I just got a quick question for you. Um, I, um, I got my son and daughter-in-law had a beautiful wisteria in their garden um, last year, mm-hmm. and um, I, I was mad on it. And anyway, they had seeds came on it, mm-hmm. and um, I took some of the seeds, and I thought, well, I'd have a go at growing them. I didn't think much about it, but I put them in a little pot, mm-hmm. and... Um, they, they started to grow, mm-hmm. and um, I was really thrilled, and I looked after it all, all this summer. I've been looking after it, and it grew till about, it was about 12 inches long, the nice. vine on the wisteria, uh-huh. and I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, well, I better, you know, put the pot and plant it in the garden for winter, like just before winter I did it. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I planted it, yeah, I did by the fence, so it would, you know, when it grew. I know it takes 15 years yeah, before flower. the flowers yeah. come on a, on seeds. I think that's, but they say it's that they don't average. flower straight away, but no. I thought, well, I'd have a go. Yeah. So I um, put it by the fence, and um, anyway, I've got this rabbit in the garden, and it came along, and it ate all the foliage off it. Oh, so so now I'm just left with two sticks, <laughs> and I'm just wondering, do you think it'll come back in the spring? You know, it's eaten all, all the green off it. Yeah. Like, do you think it will come back in the spring? Probably, because keep in mind that the leaves aren't important now anyway. You know, winter's coming. Yeah. As long as the rabbit didn't uh, take the bark off or the outer um, tissue on those two little stems. Yeah, 
Oh, God. If, they, if the rabbit just chewed the leaves, you're fine. But what I would do is get a hold of, if you can get a hold of some chicken wire or something that will, you can make like a yeah. cylinder and, and, um, protect what's there from further chewing. Cause it, they will get hungrier, right? The rabbits. Yeah. <clears throat> little plant yeah. Skin. yeah, that's exactly what I did. I put, um, chicken wire around oh, it. Perfect. Perfect. That's yeah. exa- I've got, I've got, seem to have that all over my garden because this rabbit's been living in my garden for years. You know, oh, it's unbelievable no. that it exists. You know, yeah, I have yeah. to admire that it gets through all the winters. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, it likes to eat all the things in my garden, along oh, with the squirrels. <laughs> too bad. Well, you know what? Sometimes people will do, they'll put out some corn for the squirrels uh-huh. and some, you know, lettuce or whatever. Throw them off. Yeah, just put no. some food out there for them so maybe they won't be quite as ready to jump all over your garden plants. Well, the only thing, I can't do that because we have raccoons as well, oh, so right. I don't want to encourage them. True, true. <laughs> that, that's the only downside of putting food out. Well, and there is a product, it's called, you might have heard me mention it on the radio, called Plant Skid. So, yeah, yeah, I, I took that down, actually. Yeah, so Good. I'm trying it this year. It is, um, I sprayed high to protect from deer, and I protect low to protect from rabbits on different plants in my garden. And, you know, oh, fingers yeah. crossed that... Uh, uh, everything comes through unscathed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just want to tell all the listeners out there, I'm suffering from leaf fatigue at the moment, raking leaves. Oh. <laughs> and I want to syndrome. say thank you to all my neighbours who put them out on the curb and they all blow up my road. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> but, but, but thank you for keeping me fit. It keeps me fit anyway. You're right, absolutely. Good, good Le- stuff. And leaves, yeah. if you don't bag them, but keep them on the property, if you can, they yeah. can add a lot of really good quality oh, good organic material yeah. to true, the gardens, true. not the lawns but to the gardens anyway i hope you have a wonderful yeah. christmas and um keep well and Thank um you. i love your gardening show it's there's not many gardening shows on i don't know why they've cut down on gardening shows and we've had a lot of lovely nurseries around us mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. considering because, you know ha- and it's sad to think that they're disappearing some of these nurseries anyway I won't keep you because people are waiting. Yeah, so thank you, have Barbara. a good day. Yes, thank you, you too. Thank and, you very much, you know, Barbara. And good point Bar- to Barbara's point. You know, garden centers closing. Everybody's a gardener this year. Yeah, like this yeah. is the year of gardening. Oh, who who didn't plant resurgence. something? It's a it's a rare yeah. person that didn't plant at least a parsley plant. Okay, uh, we uh, have a uh, online from Rockwood. It's either im or I am. Uh, let's get a pronunciation <laughs> check. Hi, good morning. I a m. Yep, got it. I am. I am. Ian. Ian. Yes, I-A-N. And as in Norway. Oh, there you go. Okay, well, we said it's something different showing up on our monitor. <laughs> thank you. No wonder I was confused. Welcome go ahead, to the Ian. show. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, uh, and your technician sounded confused about knowing where Rockwood is. You might tell him it's a, got a beautiful conservation area. Sure does. Lovely, lovely surroundings. So, and it's just east of Guelph. I know. Um, I know it well. My, my question for you is... But I want to move some elderberry bushes. Is it better now or in the spring? Uh, At this point, I would probably wait till the spring. Or how long have they been where they are? Sorry? How long have they been where they are now? Um, Oh, four or five years. Mm. Right. So usually when we're going to transplant something, the better, the sooner we transplant, the better. Because, you know, elder gets big, right? Maybe that's why you're wanting to move them. They want to be 12 feet tall and 10 feet wide left on their own to grow. But um, fall is a great time to transplant. But now we're just getting to that point where 
it's so late in the season, the new roots mm-hmm. will not start to grow because, of course, you know, we always leave roots behind when we transplant. So getting new roots growing is always the, the point when we first transplant something. Given the, the time of year, the, the plants would be likely to get heaved up out of the soil as the frost mm-hmm. starts entering into the ground. So it, in terms of the health and long-term health of the plant, I would be inclined to wait till the spring, till the soil is workable, not too wet. Make sure it's, you know, we're past the really wet spring and then do the transplanting, <clears throat> excuse me, it will, <clears throat> again, impact your, your final uh, harvest next year, mm-hmm. but uh, it should be fine for the following year. Okay. Yeah, I have a quick anecdote about using buckwheat as a weed killer. Oh, yeah. Um, I tried it about 20 years ago, and the farmers that I coffee with had told me that before they had Roundup, they used mm-hmm. buckwheat to mm-hmm. get rid of twitch grass and oh. things in the field. Mm-hmm. And... I tried it, and it didn't work. And they told me, oh, you planted it too soon. Oh. And then this year I planted it and came up great. And the neighbor came over and cut my weeds for me. <laughs> he actually took out all the buckwheat. <laughs> so I haven't had any. But, um, no, no luck grow, using buckwheat. I just wondered if I had it in thick enough. Do you know how much seed per no, but yard I, could, I should I, be putting down. No, but I could look that up if you like and let you know the. Uh, okay. I can announce yeah. that. <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting. And of course, buckwheat honey. People love buckwheat honey. People grow mm-hmm. buckwheat so that the bees will make that. It's very dark, very tasty honey. Oh yeah. From it's when, got a beautiful bloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's very pretty. All right, so let's. I'll I'll look look into that. So uh, she, she is now making a note. You are now homework. on the love the homework <laughs> on the homework page, Ian. Thank you very much for calling in. All righty, uh, let's see. Oh yeah, we got lots of time here before our next break. Jenny in Brampton is on the line. Hey, good morning, Jenny. Morning there. Hello, Jenny. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, we can. There, yeah. Good morning. Welcome. Okay. My my question is this. I had bought a, a planter um, a year ago in the fall, and it contained an oriental, um, or sorry, ornamental cabbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I put it in the ground because when I, you know, the season was over, and I thought, well, it, it's still alive. Mm-hmm. And it grew to the most beautiful plant. It now has um, eight of the of new cabbages, uh, new heads around nice. the cabbage. So is it? Can I split it? Can I um, can I get more from this this plant, or will it just continue to be a single plant? So when you planted it into the ground last yes. year, like that would have been last spring, I assume. Yes, it was. <clears throat> so it grew. So it grew straight up, like it would have been like a little cabbage tree. And now, when you say eight, are they down at the bottom, or are they all out on no, the tips? No, it, it forms a perfect circle. Hmm. It's a circle, and it it looks um looks like a little bush almost, yeah. and it has. Eight heads. Yep. Like I counted them all yesterday, wondering if I cut one off and yeah. put it in water, would it sprout? Oh, and I could. I wouldn't try that. No, oh, okay. but no, but you're right. They're growing from the root. What you would like to do is you like. And again, we're getting a bit late in the season for this, but sharp knife. You would yes. dig up, and you're going to have a big main root there, and all those little baby cabbages are going to be growing off the root. They're like little suckers, if you will. So what oh. you would do with a sharp knife is you would sever the baby cabbages, but you would make sure you have some root attached when you do the cutting away from that oh, main root. Okay. Then, so that's like a, a form of division. You've got some okay. stem, you've got some root, you've got that plant, and you would then plant that into the garden at the same level that it's growing now, no deeper, no higher. And, okay. Um, yeah. And how many, like if I have eight heads out of that 
I mean, do I get eight plants? Theoretically, if you can, depending on how they're growing, if you can sever them in such a way that each plant gets both stem and root, then you should be able to absolutely get eight plants. Wow. Would I be better to wait till spring and try this? Then now that it's yes, cold? Yes, because the, the I mean, it's not, the ground is perfect, it's still warm, even mm-hmm. the temperatures are quite reasonable to be outside. Okay. The problem is, is that winter is coming and it's going to come pretty soon, and yes. these plants will not get a chance to establish. So the right. rule of thumb is, if we're going to do any kind of moving of stuff in the fall, or tra- transplanting, planting, mm-hmm. anything going in in the fall, into our lawns or anything, six weeks before the first hard frost. Uh, you never know when that frost is going to be, but count back six weeks from when the average date for the first frost. So, you know, Brampton, your first hard frost is probably mm-hmm. end of October anyway. Mm-hmm. So you'd be wanting to be doing this cabbage work uh, mid-September at the latest. Okay. Okay. So spring oh. would be my suggestion. Spring would be. Okay, great. Yeah. And um, can you buy cabbage seeds if I... Yeah. If it's- Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look for them in the spring. Well, and they they do grow into this beautiful head. It's it's not like a cabbage. No, <laughs> it's, it's very flowers. pretty. There's all different. Well, exactly. It looks like a flower. There are leaves, but they look mm-hmm. like flowers. Yeah. The um, there's lots of different ornamental cabbages out. Sh- different shades of blues and purple. Some are okay. frilly. Some aren't frilly. Um, yeah. They, there's some lovely ones out there. So maybe you could purchase seeds on the web, or yeah. garden centers might be open. By January, yeah. February, and you can be getting them then. Yeah, Jenny, uh, Patrolman Proctor here. We, we <laughs> kind of have uh, extended our one question to okay, several. I'm sorry. I'm and that's sorry. all right. We asked folks to goodbye. Thanks for Thank calling us off. No, <laughs> Run. Just, just a reminder, you know, mm. if you can kind of tailor your question to one mm. question. And I think at times, yeah, we, we let you get like the second one snuck in there. But <laughs> it really does kind of cause a problem when uh, we got folks huh. online. Now, uh, let's deal with, first before we go to Lou in Whitby, I want to deal with a, an email here. Kim in Brampton, subject roses. Hi, Charlie. I've been listening to your show for a very long time. Get lots of interesting tips from you and have sent you emails in the past. I'd like to know about my rose bushes. I brought, I bought rather two plants in early summer. They are growing well, but they got white spots in the leaves and they're curling up. Mm-hmm. I used soap and water a few times, but it didn't help. Can you please tell me what I can use to get rid of the problem? All right, Kim in Brampton. So yeah, another great maybe Jenny's neighbor for all we know. Um, the uh, all right, white spots on leaves are is a fungus. The white spots will look like um, somebody sprinkled baby powder yeah. onto the the leaves of a rose. So that is called powdery mildew. That is a fungus. Soap and water will not actually solve your problem. As a matter of fact, soap and water will exacerbate your problem. So when you have a fungal disease, you have to treat it with a fungicide. Also know in your heart of hearts, whenever we have fungal diseases, we can't truly ever eradicate them until winter. We'll, we'll make them go dormant. Mm-hmm. But um, the idea is to prevent. We always want to prevent fungal diseases. And some roses are more susceptible than others. So make sure that you've done the following to ensure that you've got the minimal amount of opportunity for any kind of fungal disease to get uh, embedded into your roses. One is make sure they're planted in full sun. So that's six hours minimum direct sun every day. No trees over top, no buildings causing shade, full sun for roses. Make sure there's good air circulation, preferably a nice windy open spot where the wind blows through your roses. When you're watering, avoid wetting the foliage. 
obviously we can't stop the rain doing getting things wet, yep. but when you're watering your roses, only water the ground. When you're buying roses, choose varieties that are resistant to diseases like powdery mildew. There's lots and lots of great roses out there. There's old heritage varieties, hundreds of roses to choose from. But if you want to minimize, you know, maintenance issues in the garden, try and get a, choose a, choose a variety that is resistant to black spot and or, or both powdery mildew. And then in the spring, this spring, or this coming spring, get in there with your pruners, prune those roses right back, get all that inner growth out. You've got scraggly little bits of branches and Stuff growing into itself, into the middle. You've got rubbing going on between some of the branches. So it's, it becomes a real bit of a get down there. Really look at the plant. You want it, you want to prune it in the spring. So it's very, only maybe three inches tall. So eight centimeters tall. But it should look like an open hand. When I look down on a rose that's been recently pruned, all the growth should be growing to the outside of the center of the plant, just like an open palm, fingers facing out. If you do see weather coming that is going to support fungal diseases like powdery mildew, get to your garden center, buy a garden fungicide like garden sulfur, and use it as per directions. All righty. Um a couple of phone lines are open right now in Toronto call 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And Lou in Whitby, bless your heart. Hang in there. We're coming right back to you after a few words from our commercial sponsors. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Whitby. There's Lou on the line. Thank you for being patient, Lou. Good morning. How are you? Good, Good morning. I, I just want to say how much I enjoy the show. I listen to it every Saturday. Thank you. My question for you is I have three beautiful hydrangeas in my backyard. Um, previous to this, they've always bloomed profusely. This year, I had lots of leaf growth, but only one tiny bloom. Mm-hmm. It's one of the um, endless summer varieties. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they have... I've always cut um, cut them down in the spring, mm. and they've come up and bloomed on the new wood. Right. But this year, no blooms at all. Okay, so could be one of two things going on. One is flowers or flowering plants cannot consistently produce bountiful blooms every single year. So you'll mm-hmm. always find that there's even you know when it comes to say apple trees etc. There's going to be years of a big harvest and then years of a lesser harvest, and it's just got to the to do with the natural physiology of the plant because it just can't keep producing those that level of flowers every single year. It's too much energy. So it mm-hmm. could be that that it's just was taking a year off, saying, okay. "Okay, I'm taking a break. I've done a lot of blooming this year. I'm taking a break. Next year I'll be back." So keep, do what you've done. Do your spring pruning as you have. Do your spring fertilizing or top dressing as I'm sure you have, and mm-hmm. see what happens next year. It is possible that it'll be just as beautiful or not, because hydrangeas are quite famous for being very inconsistent with their blooming. Okay, uh, it's ex- just that they've always have yeah. for many years, yeah. about five or six that I've had them, they've, they've bloomed quite 
like I said, quite parental. Yeah, well, but there is this a year. It was, and it's interesting because my sister, um, she had the same problem, and she lives. I'm in Whitby. She's mm-hmm. in Oshawa. Mm-hmm. And she had the same issue as well. Right. But like I say, it's not that uncommon to the point mm. that the, the company that sells or, or in sort of invented Endless Summer Hydrangea is called Proven Winners. So if you mm-hmm. just Google, you know, Endless Summer Hydrangeas Don't Bloom, it'll take you directly to their website. And they actually have a, a whole sub-site within their big website on the subject of why aren't my hydrangeas blooming? Oh, really? Because it oh, happens perfect. that often. So take a peek there too, if you wish, just to clarify that you're doing the right things as recommended. But okay. honestly, it's quite possible that they'll be back in force next year with lots of flowers. Okay, thanks a lot, Charlie, yeah, and uh, thank you. and Frank, and uh, I hope you enjoy a good week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much, and the same goes back to you. Yeah. Okay, thank right. you. Thank you. Bye. Uh, let's see, Burlington might be calling. Yes, there's Yvonne. Good morning, Yvonne. Oh, hi there, you guys. Morning. Hi. I've called before, and I uh, love your show. I set my alarm to make sure I get up and listen to it. <laughs> Good. I love it. Um, I, I want to ask you about elephant foot palms, indoor plants, ponytail palm. Okay, yep, yep. I've got three of them. They're like 30 years old, mm. and um, they're about five, six feet tall. Mm-hmm. The one's doing okay. The other two, they look like they need water. They're, 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 the leaves are all drooping down. And I just wonder, like, one's got growth coming in at the bottom and at the top it looks terrible. I wonder, can I lop them off at the top and let the new growth come up? Like, I don't know how to prune these back. So you've had these for a very long time. Are they very yeah. pot-bound? I imagine they are, right? Well, I can't really tell because, well, I've never taken them out of the pot. Okay. So 40 years in the same pot, they're likely pretty pot-bound. Well, no, I think I've transplanted them one time, but they've been in these pots for a long time, yeah. Yeah. And... One of the ways we know it's time to transplant is roots will grow out the bottom of uh, the pot, the drainage holes yeah. out of the bottom. Yeah. So that's why I'm just wondering. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're interesting plants. So you're saying you're getting some growth from the bottom of that big fat root? Yeah, one of them's got growth coming from the bulb, and the other one's got growth coming from beneath on the stem. Hmm. So, And then there's a space, and then there's some growth at the top, but um, that's bare in between. And they're just the, hang, the leaves just kind of hang down as if they look like they need water. The other one upstairs, he, he's doing fine. He's you yeah. know, bright and great. But well, that's a good point. Are they in a fair amount of water? Or sorry, sun, I should say? No, I don't water them too often, like no. once a month, You know, depending on the weather. Which is good, yeah. You, that's yeah, the easiest way to kill them is too much water. What about no. sun? Have you got them in quite a lot of sun? Oh, yeah, south and southwest winds oh, are right okay. at the window. Huh. Like I said, I've had them for like since I was in my twenties. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think what's the best thing to do at this point. Uh, can I? Can you do me a favor? Can you take a couple of pictures and email them to me? I don't know how to do that. Oh, okay. Um, all right. I just I just know that the leaves just hang down. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're, I can imagine what it looks like. Um, so they don't stick outside. Bottom line: How to care for ponytail palm is dry. Keep the soil dry, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let them get root bound and don't do any repotting. But when you do repot them, use a pot that's only an inch or two larger than the previous pot. Yeah. After forty years, you probably are at that point. But I wouldn't do it now. I'd wait till spring. Spring. Um, uh, be careful, obviously, when you do that repotting, that you don't do any overwatering. Um, did you fertilize these plants at all? 
Um, in in the, in the summer, like maybe yeah. once a month, to get a little bit of fruit, not a lot. Yeah, so twice a year at the most in the summer yeah. is all yeah. you would do. And the watering is very much dependent on... The weather. Yeah, the temperature they're in, the amount of sun they're in, all that important stuff. Um, and it's hard to tell because you can't, you can't stick your finger down in the soil because the, no, that root hard. is huge. Uh, do you, you don't have a moisture meter, do you? No. You know, one of those little probes you can stick in the soil. That can be a handy item with a plant like that because that little probe can go down under and, and see if, because for all we know, there's moisture down at the bottom of the pot there and, you know, not aware of it. Um, look closely for any insects, anything strange, different. Yeah, no, everything's the same. Yeah. I've never, never been outside. Never, never been, been outside. outside. Mm, but yeah. I, I, my concern is can I cut them off at the top? Well, you really can, yes, you could. It might be worth a try because you've got that fresh green growth coming from the root, which would be yeah. like, suckers coming yeah. from any root. So, yeah, I mean, that would probably be your best bet right now. It's just sharp, clean knife and minimize the, the size of the wound. Okay, yeah. Okay. So how do I do that? Just um, Well, you, you've sharp knife, just saw off that top growth. You're going to literally saw right into the root, but you're going to encourage the new growth that's coming from below. And I will have to saw through it. Yes, you will. It yeah. will be a bit of a job. <laughs> Make sure okay, you I'll, nice I'll let you know shot. how it goes. Yes, okay, please. When I have other questions, I'll call you later. Yeah. All righty. Thank All you. Right. Thank you, Yvonne. Uh, just before we take our next break, a quick reminder that next week, we don't know at this particular point in time where we'll be, how we'll be doing the show, but I presume we might need your support by you sending Charlie an, an email. So if you want to jot this down, her email is this, C dot dobbin d-o-b-b-i-n at mzmedia.com and we're coming back in just a moment to fly off to Brampton and say hi to Lynn oh, you, oh I have yeah. to keep reminding oh, Frank yeah, okay. that's what that noise was right okay I have all kinds of little things that I have to address here before right. I'm sorry we get to yeah and we'll go fast yeah okay all right back in just a couple of moments our next break is right now don't change stations just because the weather changes Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Frankie Proctor and I've got Charlie by the hand here as we skip off down the street <laughs> to Brampton. Say hi to Lynn. Hey, good morning, Lynn. And thanks for taking my call. Morning. Morning. I have, um, I believe it's called a flowering crab tree. Mm-hmm. It has the brilliant pinky, dark pink mm-hmm. flowers. Uh, Sweet. First thing in the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about 30 years old, mm-hmm. and it uh, flowers beautifully. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of the summer, it's just a disaster. I know, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> the flowers fall off. Yeah, of course. And then the leaves All just fall constantly fall, yeah. and, they're, and they turn black. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, I said to my husband, I think it's time to cut it down, but mm. I'm one last effort <laughs> to save it. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I can make a suggestion there. What's happened is that crab apple that was planted, whether you planted it or the people before you planted it, the variety that got put in the ground there, as you point out, beautiful pink flowers gets probably crab apples that even the robins will eat in the wintertime. But the point is, is that it is very susceptible to fungal diseases, which mm-hmm. are causing early defoliation starting midsummer and it's just not a good looking plant from right. July August right through yeah Two options. And what I would give it, give it the last chance. So next spring or even now if you're in a garden center, look for something called dormant spray. 
Dormant spray? Dormant spray. It'll be a little kit. It'll be a bag or a box with two liquids inside that you're going to mix together. One liquid is oil, horticultural oil. The other liquid is lime sulfur. Those two liquids are going to get mixed as per directions with water and then sprayed on the crab apple. You could do it two times. You could do it now because it's probably dormant now, but you're going to do it again next spring before it flowers. So you're going to, again, follow the directions. Temperature has to be above zero, no wind, but no growth on the plant when you do your spraying. And that will prevent, hopefully... Oh, well, for sure it'll prevent insects and diseases. The question is, will it prevent sufficiently so that the plant doesn't completely defoliate midsummer? Right. I'm That's... tired of eating that with my dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so try it. And, and if it doesn't work, if it just is a god-awful mess, you, you're right. You may have to cut it down, but replant a crab apple. Just choose a variety, one of the newer varieties that is resistant to all the various fungal diseases which are wiping out and defoliating early. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's great. Well, Good thank you very stuff. much for thank joining us. Thank you for your call. Right. Um, we're got to answer a question that you had right off the top of the show. You mentioned birds. Well, because uh, I mentioned from, it last week. Remember I said I put up yeah. my bird feeders? Yep. And I pulled out old bird seed that I've had in my garage for two years because I haven't had feeders out during the whole move thing. And I'm proud to say, or excited to say, some of the finches, I've found the feeders. So we are getting some finch action. I believe I also saw some chickadees uh, at my feeders. But Maureen Boyce, one yeah. of our, our you know favorite fans, uh, commented that she also feeds birds. And would love to hear more or any suggestions on best techniques for bird feeding. So uh, one thing I learned, and this was from the Canadian Wildlife Federation, of course, we know that we want to place our bird feeders near trees or shrubs, preferably evergreens, where they can dive in for shelter, right? Because when a hawk comes overhead, the birds need to hide. Um, Consider access to your bird feeder. So it's a snowstorm. Can you get out there and fill it, right? Right. Because once you start feeding in the winter, you must maintain feeding throughout the entire winter. Summer, no big deal. Birds can feed themselves. But winter, they do start to rely on us. Um, the uh, important thing to remember as well, keep your, make sure you put your feeders where you, they're visible through the windows so you can see the action. Mm-hmm. But be careful that you're not so close to the windows that the poor little birds hit the windows because oh, of yeah. the reflections, right? So be prepared for some stickers or reflectors or whatever you have to do on your glass to save the birds. And my sort of favorite part of all this was, you know, the preferred food, if you're only going to pick one bird seed because you just don't have enough room to store 101 bags of birds, seed is um, just good good old black sunflower seeds. Everybody loves black sunflower seeds. That's, you know, your finches, your cardinals, your goldfinches, your juncos, chickadees, nuthadges. Everybody loves black oil sunflower. So get a hold of that. Get it into the feeder. Get it in a place where the birds can get it and you can see them and enjoy the action because, boy, is it fun to to feed birds. And remember as well, do not put out any, like, people food. No, mm-hmm. no donuts, no, any, you know. We can get into peanut butter in the future, but not. <laughs> Sorry. The, those car guys are being really silly on the other side of the glass. Well, that's more donuts for you and fewer yeah. donuts for the birds. What can I say? <laughs> well, speaking of the car guys, I know. A big good so morning to silly. Dave Redinger and Alan Gelman, who supported me very strongly. Yes, you had some great support. Yeah. So bless your heart, guys. Mm. And uh, we're, we're at the end of the road here, my we friend. We are. So, you know, we missed a few callers, but the call early, right? 
I call yeah. early, call often. And, uh, and like Frank said, don't hesitate. Send email. We'll either read them on air or read them on air. Yeah. One way or the other. <laughs> we'll get well, to your emails. Yeah. Well, no, but I've actually been yeah. answering a bunch of them as well, too. So c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. Thanks, Frank. Look after your sore yeah, muscles yeah, there. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Carlos. Thanks to our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.